No mai hari mai ki tēnei hōtaka. Welcome to the panel RNZ National. Wallace Chapman here. Now, just some traffic here. Plan ahead for field days at Mystery Creek. Expect heavy traffic in surrounding areas this week. That's uh, the 14th to the 17th of June, especially during morning and afternoon peak periods. Now, looking at housing sentiment first today, more New Zealanders think that we're nearing the bottom of the housing market. So what does that mean? And what is the one area in the country that is outperforming others that just after four? Also on the panel, one parent is getting so frustrated with rolling teacher strikes that he has gone and set up a petition on the issue. Do you agree with him? RNZ has revealed Waikato University paid nearly $1 million to former Cabinet Minister Stephen Joyce over the last three years. This as the tertiary sector struggles. We talk about that with our panel. And I have a question to ask you this afternoon, and I want your feedback, please. Is New Zealand a very negative, wet, whiny, inward-looking country? That's my question to you today. Uh, one political um, uh, leader said that yesterday, and I put that to you this afternoon. You text me, 2101, or email the panel at rnz.co.nz. Do you agree with that? Wet, whiny, inward. With me today, Janet Wilson, commentator, broadcaster, columnist, former senior press sec for Judith Collins. Janet Wilson, nice to have you here. Lovely to be on the programme. Great to speak. Yeah, and Simon Wilson, senior writer for the New Zealand Herald. Kia ora, Simon. Kia ora, Wallace. You have all the Wilsons. We have, uh, and uh, I assume absolutely no relation. I I believe that's right, Janet. Mm. I do believe that's correct. Mm. We we are the Browns and the Smiths of Scotland, though, aren't we? Yeah, that's the most common name in the English language. Is it really? All right. Oh, (laughs) Janet and Simon with me this afternoon. Now to this. Would you agree that Where the Wild Things Are is the best children's book ever? What about The Tiger Who Came to Tea or I Want My Hat Back? Then there's Daddy Longlegs, that's from 1912, and The Lorax, 1971. The results are in. BBC Culture polled 177 book experts from 56 countries and they ranked the best children's books of all time. I thought, let's get Stacey Gregg on. She's the author of The Girl Who Rode the Wind, The Island of Lost Horses, and a favourite of Little Junior, Minnie Winnie. Kia ora, Stacey. Hello, Kotaro. It's great to have you on. What a great book Minnie Winnie is. I've read it many, many times, Stacey. <laughs> <laughs> so good work. Uh, but to this... Thank you, Wallace. <laughs> uh, uh, to, not, to... not on the list of 100 books of all time. No, no, it's not that good. Um, but I want to ask you, as an expert in this, what did you make of this esteemed uh, poll? Well, it's a fascinating list, isn't it? Um, and I think 177 experts were consulted, and I actually took the time today to read all of their personal lists, um, oh, wow. which came into compiling the top 100. And that in itself is fascinating, oh, gosh. because what, what you get really is is a law of averages here. So when you look at, at the top names that are on the list and, and where the wild things are coming in at number one, I mean, some people... Uh, some of the people who contributed to this list, I didn't see a single book that they had recommended had had come through in the top 100. It was about a, a law of averages, I guess. Is that I'm not very good at maths. I think is it medians, medias? You know, like I think it's 
yeah, anyway, it was a very interesting list, mostly for the names that weren't on there as much as the names that were. Oh, can you tell us about that before we go to our panel? Well, um, no David Williams. Yes. Uh, no Jacqueline Wilson. No Michael Morpurgo. Um, okay. You know, he's, and he's the children's laureate in the UK, or at least was at one point, and has had... You know, some huge books, So, um, and, and absolutely no New Zealanders on the list. Absolutely, and there should be. Um, but to, our, um, to the many around the more to listen to this, what is the children's book that meant most to you growing up? A, a ma- oh, look, I'll start. A massive standout for me. There was only one, and it's a book called Wacky Wednesday. Um, <laughs> Not on the list, was. Not on the list, it should be. Wacky Wednesday, you know, everything went wrong with this little kid on a Wacky Wednesday. Janet Wilson. <laughs> you related, um, didn't you? I, yeah. Look, mine, mine is ancient, which shows you how ancient I am, but mine was Millie Molly Mandy, oh. written by Joyce Lancaster Brisley. Now, she wrote these between about 1928 and 1967. Why I loved Millie Molly Mandy, it had a map on the inside cover showing you where all the houses were and her little friend Susan lived. It was, it was, when I look back now, it it showed you exactly where I was as a child of the Pacific reading Uh very English sounding books, you know, very English books were all about village life. Yeah, got you. All right, stay there, Stacey. Let's bring Simon in. I was really pleased to see we're going on a Bear Hunters there. That came out in 1989, which is one year after my older son was born. So we read that a lot in our house. It yeah. was a great book. I was also really pleased to see Moomin Troll was uh, high on the list. Several Moomin Troll books, which uh, I was always scared about as a child. That came out just yeah. after the war. Um, terrific stories of these balloon-type uh, people who live in caves and do extraordinary things. Pippi Longstocking, of course. My favourite, though, uh, was Almost a Bell for Ursley, which is a Swiss story uh, about a little boy who goes to find a big cowbell up a mountain. It's a terrific book. But the absolute favourite, Mr Gumpy's Outing by John Birmingham, a story of a man who invites his friends, the animals nice. on a farm, for a ride on his boat down the river. Ha. And he keeps have, taking more and more on because he's so nice. And, of course, the inevitable happens. And then after Love that it. happens, they all tramp back through the fields and have a lovely tea. Very good. Great choices there. And they're coming in through, yeah. Yes, Millie Molly Mandy, mine too, says one. What about Bad Jelly the Witch, Spike Milligan, best kids book ever, The Cat in the Hat. Um, so you, 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 the book, the children's book that meant the most to you. Um, Lord of the Rings came in at number 45. Stacey, what of that? I mean, significant book, but needless to say, is that really a children's book? Well, I think you've got a situation with Tolkien and with C.S. Lewis and with Dr. Seuss. They all split their own votes. So I think it's actually a, a sign of the breadth and depth of their work that um, when, when the 177 voters were looking at ranging their top 10, um, they couldn't decide which Seuss book or which C.S. Lewis book or which Tolkien so the Hobbit's in at number five. So I, he's he's not been shortchanged. I guess the the, the bigger the bigger issue around this, um, because it's a very significant uh, list here, that notion uh, in the BBC article that there is no reason that the greatest children's literature shouldn't be equally nourishing to an adult. What do you make of that? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the interesting thing, right? With children's books, people are so completely passionate about. 
the ones that influence them as a child. Like I look at this list and at number eight is Winnie the Pooh. Well, I couldn't give a hoot about Winnie the Pooh. Never read Winnie the Pooh. Didn't love it, didn't care. But at number nine, just below it is Charlotte's Web. And this book was so epic for me as a child. Really? I tried to make my daughter read it when she was about the same age I'd been when I read it. And she hefted across the room at me until it hit me and said, stop trying to make me read the classics. <laughs> wow, yeah. <laughs> Janet? So, you know, um, it's, it's horses for courses. Okay. They read, yeah. they'll read what they'll read. <laughs> Janet. Stacey, I'm really keen to, to hear your thoughts on the, that top ten. In the top ten, there's some really old books. We've got Where the Wild Things Are, which was published in 1963, but Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, 1865. Pippi Longstocking, 1945. The Little Prince, 1943. Why are those, mm. have, why have they made those top ten, do you believe? Well, I think it speaks partly, Janet, to the, to the age of the people who, who were polled. But also I think yes. it kind of takes time to, to figure out whether something is a classic. So maybe in, in 20 years' time, David Williams or Jacqueline Wilson will be on that list. But you kind of need to percolate. Like Black Beauty is the only horse book on there, and it's, it, and it's talking up quite a lot of years. I do challenge people to look at this top 100 list and go into a bookshop and be able yeah. to buy, say, Pippi Longstockings. You won't be able to. I bet um, you can. You sure? Not Pippi Longstockings? I, I guarantee Ooh. you can't. I mean, okay, let's all flood the bookshops and, and, and make sure they get it back in print. You can, you Those can books flood are fabulous. The library. No, they, they, no, of course these books aren't. There's only a limited amount number of shelves in a bookshop, and you don't have every classic still out there. You'd be very lucky to. I, I guarantee it. Go in and, and try and find half the books on this list in a bookshop, and you won't that's be able to. And that's not a criticism amazing. of bookstores. It's just that's the commercial reality of writing books. Good argument oh, for libraries too. Yeah, that's a yeah. challenge, Stacey. Lovely to hear, hear you. By the way, well done on Mini Winnie. We we love it. Uh, the, the, the 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 little the little selfish horse who uh, didn't want to have his birthday party with the other horses, and uh, I won't tell you what happens. But uh, kia ora, Stacey. Nice to have you on. Um, so look, the top five uh, you heard Janet talking about there. I, I should tell you them. Number number one of all time, Where the Wild Things Are. Two, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Three, Pippi Longstockings. Four, The Little Prince. Five, The Hobbit by Tolkien. And six is Northern Lights by Philip Pullman. Pullman. Mm. Yeah, very good. All right, time for I've Been Thinking. Janet Wilson, take it away. Ah, I've been thinking about the topic that we are, I know, going to talk about very shortly. But um, I've been thinking about housing. And I've been thinking about housing for young people because yesterday I went to one of my very first auctions where um, a young couple that I know, who I love dearly, bought their first home. And it brought back to me just the significance of what that means in someone's life and how important it was for them to get this house Mm. in this community that they love. And it made me sort of do a little bit of research as as my want. Apparently, first home buyers are one of the largest segments of the the real estate market at the moment. They make up across the country about 25% of buyers. Now, isn't that thought just an excellent thought? In places like Auckland and Wellington, they make more like, and Christchurch, they make more like 33% of buyers. So we are getting, with this 
downgrade of prices, we are getting first home buyers who are buying. There may not be enough of them, I would agree with you, but there are some who are taking advantage of this downturn in the market and, and making hay while the sun shines and good on them because I just saw yesterday what it means to people when they get into their first oh, home. Tears, that they own. Yeah. Oh, that, that moment, all hey. round. Yeah, it's, 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 it's just a dream, isn't it? it a a dream of buying your own place. Uh, wonderful yeah. stuff, uh, Janet. Kia ora. All right, um, Simon Wilson. I've been thinking, why don't we end poverty? It sounds like a simple thing. It sounds like perhaps it sounds like an enormously complicated thing. If you think, well, this is an election year. You think back to 2017, Jacinda Ardern, Bill English went head to head trying to outbid each other on who was going to do more to affect poverty. Since then, the government has officially lifted 10,000 children above the official poverty line, which is great. But what about the rest? There are tens of thousands more. And if you think about poverty, it is a fixable thing. It's a political choice to to allow poverty to remain because actually there's not a lot we need to do to make a change. And if you do it, if children can all live in a warm, dry house, if they can have food on their table, shoes on their feet, they'll be healthier, help them be freer from family harm, from substance abuse. Why wouldn't we do everything we can to help that? So they go to school, so they stay in schools, they participate in sports and cultural activity. They don't just get any old job, they get a good job that gives them a career. Why wouldn't we prioritise that? The Green Party has said, we're going to, do, we're going to address this with a income guarantee. Now, I'm not advocating particularly from that, but for, for that, because that's one idea one would hope among many. But what they have done is they said, here's a policy that will address it. What are the other political parties going to do? And the Green Party's policy is simply that everybody would be guaranteed at least uh, an income base, about the same as superannuation. Right. With- so what is it? The, uh, the that, that's um, uh, seven hundred and seventy bucks that income guarantee. Yeah, that's, that's for a couple. Yeah, and yeah. right now it's two hundred and fifty-eight. Um, okay. And and um, what they said is with the wealth tax, it will affect point seven percent of the population who have to pay more. Everyone earning one hundred and twenty-five thousand will be paying less under their proposal. It's a business-friendly right. policy. Very good, uh, Simon Wilson, Janet Wilson on the show, and there is a lot to discuss. Do stay with us. Keep that feedback coming on two one zero one. Are we a negative, wet, whiny, inward-looking country?